All right, let's get back into part two of this episode. Nick Saban retires. Wow. And you have to give. Called it, dude. So before the SEC championship game. Hold on. Stop. Go ahead. I'm going to tell whoever hopefully is still listening. (laughs) Holden did came to me and said, you know, something about Saban might retire at the end of this season. I looked at you like you had three heads, okay? Yeah, I'm kind of hearing some grumblings. You know, of course, Alabama fans think they've already won a national championship, so he's going to win the title, and he's going to sail off into the sunset. And that wasn't – I mean, that was pretty early on. I I would – if I had to guess, you said that to me, there could have been anywhere from four to six weeks left in the season. That's that's my best guess. I I certainly – uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not really up on a lot. I had no inkling of that. How yeah. I'll say that you were the only person that floated that out. I don't know if that was something that floated in the in Twitter or or whatever else. But as listeners and fans of the show, I have to. You have to get the props that you did bring it up. Yeah. Now, I'm not a gambler. Because I would have bet literally as much as I could have. And I would have lost on him retiring. I really and truly, uh, I thought you were insane. So anyway, I just, I want to, I want to lay it out that you did mention it way in advance. I know over the past couple of years, Alabama has been in the national championship at least every other year for a long time, at least every other year, whether they win it or are in it. Right. One or the other. In the past couple of years, that has not happened. And you had a team that had a Bryce Young on it last year and the year before that if Bryce Young wasn't on it, they're not as good as they are. And last year, the same thing. I had them being a lot worse than they were this year. But at the start of the season, that wasn't the case. They lost to a Texas team. They they didn't know who was their quarterback when they went to South Florida – and my God, people don't want to think about how ugly that football game was. Oof. And I understand you get better. You right. do. Yeah. But Georgia didn't struggle with a ball state. Right. Georgia didn't struggle with a Tennessee or an old miss in the SEC to go to South Florida. And I don't care if you couldn't figure out your quarterback situation and it was raining. You don't play the way that they did against South Florida. And it was after that game that I really started to scratch my head. First of all, we don't have a clue why they went to South Florida and played there, anyways. But. It made you start to wonder, huh, something's up. And then as the year got on, you know, they started to get better. But then I kind of started to see people talking about it, and they've talked about it in the pa- over the past couple of years. He's getting older. But then it kind of dawned on me. It was like, all right, they're not the best team this year. They might not even get in the tra- into the college football playoffs. Now, they did in the end. But there is so much that has changed and we have talked about this with, with Kirby Smart, how a couple of years ago it was so rigorous that even Kirby Smart thought about bowing out after just a couple of years of being the head coach. Now, thank goodness he didn't because of what's come since then. But it was tough on him then. And you have a coach in Nick Saban who has gone through the BCS, who has gone through I, – I can't remember. I don't think he was in the SEC pre-SEC like championship because that started, what, 97, 98 – 
when you had the actual uh, SEC earlier, championship? Much earlier. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was later. But anyways, so he's been through all of those changes, and then the four team playoff format, and I think that worked great. Then we start to get into transfer portal being a bigger thing. Then we start getting into NIL. And that's becoming even more and more and more like we talked about Wild Wild West, where it's like it is something that when it originally came on, I'm full on board. Hey, pay the players for their name, image, and their likeness. If they're selling a jersey with their name on it, give them a cut of the profit. If they want to have autograph signings like Todd Gurley and not go to not be governed by that, they have the opportunity to do that and make money off of that. If they want to do all of these things for their name, image, and likeness, great. But now it's turned into, hey, come play for us. I'll pay you a million dollars. Come play for us. I don't know. Here's a Corvette. Come play for us. We've got three or four sponsors. We'll line up for you when you get here, and you can immediately start making money off of those. It changed. It wasn't what we thought it was going to be when it first came out that this is what's about to happen. Then, when the SEC, it, it almost 100% sank in. When the SEC championship game happened, and that conversation between Nick Saban and Kirby Smart pregame came out. There is no reason in my mind that Kirby should ever say, man, heck of a coach, you know, after it. And and Nick Saban and he kind of joked, and he, Nick Nick's like, oh, I'm too old for this. And Kirby's like, nah, no, you're not, you know. And at the end of it, he's like, man, heck of a coach. You could tell the demeanor between the two of them. And I know the interviews come out since, and Nick Saban has said, you know, really my decision was made like five minutes beforehand. Like, I'm truly doing this. But I, I, no doubt in my mind, it's been on his mind much longer than that. And I don't have a doubt in my mind as close as Kirby and Nick are that I think they've had the conversation. And I, it, it would not surprise me if beforehand Nick said, hey, I'm hanging it up. Yes. And that is the reason you got that that wholesome interaction you did between the two of them because they have so much respect for one another for how long Kirby was at Alabama and the success they had while Kirby was there. And make no mistake, that, that success has changed since Kirby left. Absolutely. Not, not only that Kirby has created it at Georgia and has had some success there, but also that the down – not the downfall, but the, the slight – decrease in what Alabama has been since Kirby left. You know, not offensively, because offensively things have been great, but the defense has never been the same since he left. Understandable. Kirby is clearly a great defensive-minded coach. The past five years, the number came out. Georgia is the number one defense in the country over the past five years, holding teams to 14.1 points. Average over the last five years, if that tells you how good Georgia's defense is, because of Kirby Smart. But they had that respect for one another. And that's when I truly was like, dude, I think he, I think he might, he might really call it quits. Because let's look at the future. What happens next year? Two more teams come to the SEC. Not the end of the world. Pac-12 doesn't even exist anymore. Now there's 76 teams in the Big Ten. Again, doesn't affect you too much, but all of a sudden the landscape kind of starts to change for where this conference is and what's happening with ours. Now. Fourteen playoff isn't a thing anymore. Twelve team now becomes a thing. It's a lot bigger, a lot easier to get in. Probably going to get in every single year, but NIL completely has blown up. Transfer portal completely has blown up. So much so when New Year's Day comes and you see Georgia staff members having to recruit not only players in high school, not only players that are in the transfer portal, 
But now having to recruit the players that are on your own team that just played a football game for you and want to leave, and you're having to go to their house and say, hey, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Your job just became infinitely more difficult for the guys that you have on your team, the guys who are coming out of high school, the guys who are in the portal. You now are recruiting everywhere. And it doesn't surprise me at all. It's like all of this that's changing next year is a lot. It's not like we're having an incremental change in college football next year. We're having a monumental change in college football next year with everything that's already existing and has just hit the gas pedal and all of the the changes in conference, changes in playoffs. There's so much changing that I don't blame it at all for being like, I, I don't want I don't want to have to deal with all of that. Not that I won't, because again, I've I've seen more and more. He's got a office in the top, and he's he's not taking his hands fully off. He'll still help wherever he can. But I wouldn't want to have to be the head of that either. Where it's like I'm tired. I'm 72 years old. I could have retired a long time ago. I've got all the success that I needed to be a head coach. I'm sure he wishes he could have gone out on top and finished it off with what his eighth ring probably would have been huge, you know, and that would have been even more of a reason to say, hey, couldn't have done any more that I did, you know, won it all. Great to see it. Love you guys. I'm out of here. But I think that's why it was going to happen either way yeah. because so much is about to change that I, you know, I'm that old too. I I would have been done much earlier than him, but nobody has the success and has had it as much as he did because there's no doubt that he loves what he does, the guys he's doing it around. But there's there's also been a slight culture change at Alabama too over at least the last two years where players seem to have more control than I think they have in years past. And a lot of that, I think, is because of this NIL and all this. These guys can go and make money wherever they want. And not to pinpoint it on one guy, but I'm going to do it. Jermaine Burton, Nick Saban would never, never let a player do what that guy has done over the last two years in his university with what happened against Tennessee two years ago and knocking a girl out or whatever he did. And then to watch what he did after the SEC championship game, because everybody saw it. When you go to a Georgia sideline and boast about it, you're not celebrating with your team. You completely go out of your way to put it in the face of Georgia players and fans that are over there. I have never seen him not. Wow, that dude wouldn't be dressed out for the next game they play. I don't care how important it was in the early years of Nick Saban. But that didn't happen. He's let more and more kind of just slide by and go. Not that he's losing anything, but I think it was just finally that point where it's like, I'm tired, you know, and well, it's, and it's time to move on. And you have to give him credit. I do not like the University of Alabama at all. Despise it. And the reason is because of how good they are. And the reason of how good they are is because of that coach right there. And I might not like the university or the team, but you got to respect the coach that has done everything that he has done, and that's a lot. He is the best college football coach there has ever been. There was one before him that was at the same school, and the stroke of luck that Alabama has to be able to have that is great, but you have to at least give the respect to him. So Nick Saban retires. Respect to him for all that he's done. Also kind of glad to see him step out. So maybe Alabama can kind of come down and realize, oh, 
this is what's been going on in college football because they've been living on a high for a really long time. And I think that time is coming. I know I kind of hit you with a lot there. No, no. So I, I was I was completely shocked. And and when you lay it out like you did, all of it makes sense. And you know I, I agree. I just I still it still was a a shock, complete shock to me. And I also think about. I think that it was very smart of him. Now, I'm not saying that at the point of, whew, we don't have to deal with him. It's not that. But similar to, so I have, I've got a family member, and that's what, what they did for most of their career was what they call like an executive recruiter, okay, where companies or even individuals who started their own company when they were ready to retire they those they would come to him and say we need we need a new and he he specialized in senior management ceos cfos coos presidents vice all that stuff it coincided where i was working at a place that this individual owned and i can remember him telling us and telling his wife that, oh, I'll retire when I turn a hundred. And at the time he was in his seventies and he was very, he was wildly successful and he didn't, that's what he really thought. I mean, that was kind of tongue in cheek, you know, but he, you know, he's at a good stage in his life. He was healthy you know, his business was rocking and rolling. He just, you know, why am I going to retire? Things are going great. But then what happens in the person that had this background in this recruiting is they said, what happens is, is more often than not that really smart and talented people, they hit a sweet spot, usually in their sixties, let's say, and you know, your kids are grown and out of college. You basically, you have no payroll, personal payrolls. Oh, yeah. You and your, <laughs> let's just say you and your spouse, your house or your houses are paid for. Things are going well. And you don't really think about retirement because you've just hit this sweet stride. And a lot of them fail in having who's going to replace me and have a plan and have that person. They might have that person. But that person is expecting for you to retire. Well, in 10 years rolls by, they're like, well, I'm missing out on other opportunities, yeah. and they leave. But then one day what happens is something something does happen, and you go from <clears throat> not really thinking about to retiring to where I need to retire. Yeah. And that's what happened to this guy that I worked for. His problem was health in the fact of his body, it wasn't it wasn't organs, it was his back. It finally caught up with him, and it was very painful. He went through a lot, and he couldn't focus on the job. And he actually went to the family member of mine and said, look, I need your help. I need to find a replacement. And I've got a guy that's being pushed on to me. I don't think he's the right guy, but I need to retire. And that's what he ended up doing. So saying all of that is saying that 
most people, not most, high profile or wildly successful people, a guy, a guy like Nick Saban, you know, sometimes they don't do a great job of retiring. You got, you know, let's go back to Bear. You know, he didn't get to enjoy retirement at all. He didn't get to enjoy it for very you know, a couple of weeks. And so that's why I say that I think that it's smart of Saban. He's still in great shape. He still has all of his, you know, mental and physical faculties. He is a grandfather. He's made boo coodles of money. I don't know if he still does, but it seemed like at one time he had a, you know, a car dealership. He's bought this incredible compound in South Florida down in Jupiter. Um, and he's still got the lake, probably multiple lake houses. Yeah. But enjoy what you not only work for, but what you've earned. None of that was given to him. That's the difference. Yeah. He he earned it. And 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 he and his wife and his and his children and grandkids. They can enjoy it, and I think that that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I think that it's a luxury, and um, I really do, in the most sincere way, I'm, I'm, I am happy for him. I know it's difficult, and I know it's really difficult for the Alabama fans oh and goodness. the program and all of that. But there's no right way to step away from this job. If he had mentioned it months ago, they would still have the same effect. Yeah. There is no right way. I, excuse me. I think the way he did it was the best in the sense that massive shock. And, and then it was like, boom, you, you know, it's like jumping into a cold tub. Boom, the shock. And then, all right, let me get my breathing under control and, and things level out. Um, it's going to be tough, but they got their coach and they'll be able to move on. But I think of the same way I have my parents are in their early 80s and they, I mean, thank goodness, I mean, mental and physical faculties, I mean, their joints have been replaced, but they... You know, they, they get around, they do whatever they want to. And people always ask, how you folks, how you folks? I was like, well, they're enjoying the life that they earned, they worked for. And and I think of the same thing for Saban in the sense that he's going to enjoy all that he did. And probably in a couple of years, hopefully we'll, you know, why wouldn't you have that guy, you know, you go to him for something, yeah. you know, whether it's a rare, he lets his guard down, let his person, his true personality come out and let him show up and, and help host either a championship game or, or something like that every once in a while. Um, I had one guy tell me, Hey, I hope in three years they abolish the NCAA and make him the czar of college football. And he structures it because he is so structured, yeah. who better to help you structure it than arguably the greatest college coach of all time. Yeah. And and he kind of right this ship because, as you just mentioned, we're in total chaos right now, and it's only going to get worse. And he would know it inside and out. 
And, and I love that he called him – it would be the, the, the position would be the czar of football. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I was shocked. I never saw it coming. I really thought he was going to be a lifer in the sense that his quote-unquote – and I know this is uh, morbid, and I don't mean it in a morbid way, but, like, his retirement would have been his death. And I'm glad that's not the case. Right, yeah. Not because we, he has our, he's had our number. Um, I mean, at least, I mean, it's, it is obviously a losing record and we have multiple heartbreaking losses, but we at least have one glorious win. And that win wasn't a regular season win. It was, the it was to, it was to break the streak and in such a manner against an incredible quarterback and incredible, te- you know, a really good team. So we do have that. Yep. Yes. Uh, I know a year or two ago he got like his hip replaced because I've seen videos where they, you know, he kind of cuts up with his players. And I saw that more and more too, where you you kind of got to see some of the behind the scenes. And obviously he's still the the stern coach that he is. Like, all right, get it together, you know. And, right. He has what we call uh, those, those rage moments where he just kind of rages out on the players oh, yeah. on the sideline. Yeah. But uh, you kind of would see insides too, and they'd talk about his hip, and he'd kind of crack up about it. So he's had little things here and there, but like you said, a lot of times it's something bigger that makes you and pushes you to that point. And I'm like you. I'm glad and I'm happy for him that it's it, we, he, he didn't let it get to that point where it's like, hey, I have all this down here. Let me go enjoy it while I can. You know, because 72 – that's a good that's a good age to get to where it's like okay it's time for me to kind of take a break you know I've, I've been doing this for a long time and I truly you know I know they say he's got the office in in the building and I'm sure that he'll help in any way that he can right now I mean it, it was like a vigil for for him when he retired like people putting right. candles and stuff by his statue and it's like the guy the guy didn't die he's still here but I understand that they look at it more of, well, he's gone. He might as right. well be dead because he's not coaching us anymore. And that team is in shambles because coaches have left. Whole new coaching staff almost is coming in. And players are just – they. I, I saw a number that staggered me earlier, the number of five-stars, four-stars, three-star players who have left since his announcing of his retirement would rank on 24-7 rankings for for sixth as a recruiting class that's insane it would rank sixth as a recruiting class the players who have left who have decided to transfer i I wonder with the recruiting rankings where does that fall like who's number five and who's number that's a good question like what teams that are but anyway that gives you a big number so kind of wrapping up on his entire retirement though um credit out to him Thankful for the time that he has. I'm sure all Alabama fans are. But as we transition from that into what is going on right now, shambles for the fan base because, again, they, they put out like the vigil as if he's dead or something. But the, the everybody is leaving. There's so many players that are leaving. They've hired Kalen DeBoer, the, the head coach at Washington, who obviously just played in the national championship. To me, not a bad hire. <laughs> I'm not. I'm still not sold on the the long term because he every team that he's gone to, he's kind of inherited a good team, but he's made them even better, which is good. But with everybody that's leaving Alabama, all of these transfers that are happening, 
and the coaching turnover, I don't think he's going to have the immediate success that you would think you would have at the University of Alabama with a Nick Saban who was there six months prior to when this season will start again. Well, technically, I guess it'll be more than that, eight or ten months, whenever the season starts. Uh, when all this was first announced, I was like, oh, you know, that's not a bad hire. I know they wanted Dan Landing. I think the first phone call you make is Kirby Smart, but you're you're kind of shooting in the dark with a couple of these guys. They go with Kalen DeBoer. I think you and I have talked about I'll go there and coach right now for $500,000, a million dollars. You know, I'll be a-okay being a fired uh, head coach next year. That's that's cool with me because nobody wants to be the guy to follow him. I'll do it. You know, they'll be right. like, who is this guy? Sacrificial you know, coach. I, I ain't got a problem at all with it, you know. But I think pretty good hire, but I think it's just getting – completely dulled by every everybody leaving right well there's no way around that yeah it's unfortunate um replacing a coach is hard enough but you're not replacing just a coach you're replacing the coach that's all there is to it and and yes it's gonna sting i mean i i don't know what Kalen DeBoer, you know, what his contract is for for his salary. But that all fan bases, let's just for the argument's sake, let's just say 25% of every fan base is totally insane and you can't, are never rational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when it comes to Alabama, that 25% really, really creeps up to about 85% of them you cannot have a rational conversation with. They, 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 reason does not factor in. So it's going to be really, really hard, and I hope that there's enough people there that are going to support. I mean, he's your coach, so you got to support him. You know – and yes, there's not a whole lot of them that are alive that are still fans that went through this with Bear Bryant. Um, there's some, obviously, but Tough they've, sledding. they've been through this before, and it's just amazing that literally the argument for the two greatest coaches of all time uh, came at the same institution. It's it's pretty amazing, but Kalen DeBoer is your coach. You know, support him, and I just hope that he doesn't get so far behind with negativity from outside sources and all these guys that are leaving and people harping on. Well, what are you doing? I mean, can you imagine? I mean that 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 would be that job would be the definition of drinking from a fire hose, really like I and said, truly. That's why I said I would take it. I get, I get, I get it. So, um, so I had two questions that I saw earlier. Okay, and and this will kind of this floats, I think, perfectly with what you're saying. The first was, do you think that the transfers is a cause of Nick Saban leaving or DeBoer coming? And to me, it's it's simple. It is the best coach there's ever been. You want to play for, and when he's not there anymore, you might not want to be at that same place anymore. That was the first thing. And the second thing is, will the demise of DeBoer, like, in closeness 
to it all? Will it be because of all this turnover and what he's about to have to deal with, or will it be because of the fan base? Which one do you think, if that happens, would push him out first? I don't think – I don't – say the you second part again. Cl- you, you think you're able to shut your mind off enough to the outside noise? Yes. I, I th- to where I, you can yes. be successful. I think that there's so many – so as we've discussed, the demands on a college coach is so great and there's so much to do that outside negativity and noise is not factoring in. And he probably – I mean, not probably. There's no doubt that he knew that coming in. Like, no, seriously, this is going to be bad. Yes. So your phone – turn off all your notifications except for phone calls and text messages. You know, I, I don't think – like, uh, I mean, co- coaches have supposedly – like Stetson. <laughs> that's right. Coaches supposedly have, you know, these, these uh, social media accounts, and I don't doubt that some of them are the ones that are doing them. Like Giffen. But, yeah, of course. But I think there's a lot of them that have people that help them yeah. with it. So, um. So that's what I think. What was the first question? The first one was, uh, oh, do you think that all these people are leaving because Nick Saban oh. is leaving or because DeBoer was the hire? Oh, no, I, I think it's more uh, I think Nick it's Saban be first, because, I mean, yeah. they were recruited by him. So they're, so if these guys end up at Alabama, that means they've been recruited by a multitude of top-end schools. So – it, it probably came down to you know that they they take they got twenty five schools looking at them they eventually whittle it down to five or three or whatever, yeah. and they picked Alabama because it was Alabama and Nick Saban, but they really had an enjoyable experience at Florida State and almost yeah. you know maybe maybe it was neck and neck, but the deciding factor that tipped the scales in Alabama favor was well. I can go play for Nick Saban, which is totally legitimate and I totally get. And now that he's not there, it's like, let me get in the portal. Not to say that they don't end up back at Alabama yeah, and yeah, get yeah. re-recruited. But, hey, I, I really enjoyed this this my position coach at a different college yeah. or university. And, hey, they, they – you know, if – I didn't sign with them, so they may not have a need for me. But let's see who does, and if if it's a relationship, an existing relationship that I've already have, then why not explore that? Yeah. I get, I get that, I and think I think I don't, I don't, I think, I think a lot of people are going to say it's because Kalen DeBoer, he's from the Midwest, and he's this, and he's that, and yada 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 yada. You know, uh, Urban Meyer's not from the South. Um, and he cut his teeth, you know, in the Midwest and then Utah. Um, I mean, it's a whole other ball of wax, but I mean, he certainly, you know, won a lot of games in Florida. Oh, yeah. Got, I mean, a despicable human being, but still. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like to like, I don't necessarily buy into, well, he, they don't have SEC ties and they don't do this and they don't do that. It's easy to be negative. Yeah. He's your coach. You might not initially like them, but okay, well, guess what? My opinion really doesn't matter. They're not going to change because I don't like them, so I might as well support them. Yeah. And and because Nick Saban is retired. The same is going to happen to us oh, yeah. 
the day, hopefully it's decades, yeah. but when when Kirby decides, like, I, you know, I'm done, that that if he left tomorrow, if he left today, that would be a very yeah. huge void to fill. Um, Alabama fans are already talking about that now. Like, if well, if this happened to Kirby today, y'all would be the same way. It's like, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, well, yeah. and uh, Fandom. But you made a great point though. I'm I'm just saying it's it's the fact that Nick Saban retired. It's not the fact that DeBoer came in because he's been successful everywhere that he's been. Again, how much is, of it is what he has adopted, I don't know. But you're not gonna know that until he gets here and, and does what he's gonna do. You know Right. Washington was uh, an incredible team this year in games that, you know, like the second round against Oregon, we thought that they would be they would get trampled. They didn't. Uh, that, and, uh, matter of fact, the the playoff game against Texas, they were thumping Texas yes. and let Texas come back into that game. They were a really good football team. Yeah, I, th- that that second game against Oregon, because again, it's hard to beat the same team twice. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I certainly didn't think Washington was going to win against Oregon that second time, and 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 watched watched that game and was. Very impressed with um, how physical they were. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they didn't just sit there and take it. They yeah. took it to them. And the same, the same thing that they did with Texas, which is the same thing, by the way, you mentioned it earlier. That's what Oklahoma did to Texas in the Red River game. Yeah. And um, they just took, for whatever reason, they took it to them and – yeah. So anyway. all right. So I've got three things on my mind. I'm gonna try to keep them in order and 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 shoot through them. So I'm gonna hit you with a lot here. The first one, um, completely blank in my mind, which is not terribly surprising, because a lot of times I I think of these things in my head as we're going through. That's why these end up so long. Is because <laughs> we go into one thing and it stems to another right. thing, to another yeah. thing, to another thing. But I do agree. You know, I think it's a great hire. I think they're gonna be fine with them. Um, the thing that does make me kind of curious is if Nick Saban wants a, an office, you know, at the stadium and everything, and he's not taking his hands off, why are all of these guys leaving? You know, why Why is it that if he is still going to be around, and to me it's to kind of retain this and to kind of give guidance and help, obviously not being the coach, it's like, man, if he's still there – should still want to play for that team, you know. And then we talk about the coaching turnover because there is a lot of that, and I think there's relationships that are built there. We talk about T-Rob who who left, and he is the defensive back coach or co-defensive coordinator now because Muschamp is stepping down as a as an, in like an analyst role now, um, which is cool that you still get to like retain him and he's not going somewhere else and Schumann is still there. But you get T-Rob that comes in. And all of a sudden, there's a couple of guys who are considering going to Georgia, leaving Alabama. One of the big ones being Caleb Downs. We still haven't heard about him. You know, there's supposedly Friday or Saturday might be the day that he makes that announcement. You know, the other part of that is when Nick retired, that we're out of the portal shutdown. But you have a 30-day period where you can decide if you want to enter the portal or not. Now, again, like you said, whether they enter the portal and they actually leave, we, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But you build those relationships with those other coaches, too, that, all right, if Nick's not going to be the guy who I'm answering to every every like waking minute here 
and and that position coach is the guy who I spent even more time with is not here, then I don't want to be here. You know, it might be one thing if T-Rob had left, but Nick's still here. Okay, well, I still got this head guy. He's going to keep us in charge. He's got us going. Some guys may still leave, but for the most part, when all of it changes, it's like, I, I, this is completely different. This is a different team. You know, do I want to stay with this or stick with this? One other thing that I'd read earlier, and this is the last point that I'll kind of touch on, um, you know, the top quarterback from the 2023 class has decided to to – he's changing – or he's leaving as well, saying um, – I blanked on his first name, but that ranking of sixth probably goes a little higher now, like we were talking about. Right. But I had read where – What's happening is DeBoer is not allowing them to get out of their NIL deals. And by doing that, the only way to is to enter the transfer portal. So you're being pushed into the – I don't know the specs of all this, but to get out of your NIL deal, like you can you can request to get out of your NIL deal to be out of it. But if that's denied, you enter the portal, then you can get out of that. But that's the only way to get out of it. So I'm like, that's pretty interesting. To me, that's a that's kind of a push saying – you want this, you got to stay. You want this NIL, you got to stay, which is right. should be that way. But now they're entering their names in the portal and saying, okay, well, if you're not going to allow me, then I'll just do it myself. I don't understand. Okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. it yeah. To me, it sounds like it's like, hey, you have all these NIL deals that were in place when I got here, and they're going to stay here. If you want to play for us, they're going to stay here, which makes sense. Oh, I, th- I thought those NIL deals, they were – I mean, I get it. It's about the player. Based, it's based on the player, which it does sound confusing when you look at it like that. But it's like, all right, I don't, I don't really have the greatest analogy because this is all kind of fresh. But if I'm paying you, hey, I'll pay you 500000 basically saying here's $500,000 for you to stay here. Yeah, I got you. The only way to get out of that, you got to go to this portal. I got you. You don't want to go to the portal. You'll stay here for this, but these guys are still going. Gotcha. Okay. And getting in the portal. Okay. All right. That's Um, interesting. So that that was another interesting thing that makes you wonder. Okay, how much of this is like they're they're not willing to buy in at all to the start of this, and uh, I mean it's in shambles. Which you know, credit to the coach, but to the team, it's like y'all got to figure that out. Well, and, 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 they, and y'all, y'all need to y'all might need to be humbled by a couple of nine and three, eight and four seasons, and go, oh, so this is what everybody else is dealing with when right. you don't have a Nick Saban. Yeah, well, I, I think one of your points that you made that, and you and I did talk about it because you and I had different views on it, was about Nick Saban, quote unquote, still having his hand in the program and so on and so forth, and. I think that DeBoer saying, yes, Coach Saban can come and go and kind of do that. That's what you need to do out of respect. Saban having an office up there, and he, I know you said he made the comment, so I can still get on y'all, get on, get on to y'all, you know, from up high or yeah. whatever it was. But I, I think. I put myself in this position, and I think that that Nick Saban is probably the same way. I obviously don't know. But I think it's, like I said the other day, you can go to, obviously, the new coach, the athletic director, and the president of the university separately and say, gentlemen, 
what do you need from me? And you fulfill every obligation that they, they ask of you or they want from you. Because at the end of the day, even though Nick Saban is the, uh, you know, certainly the, the highest paid uh, employee in the state of Alabama, you know, his technically his boss, I mean, you know, public uh, employee, yeah. but his boss is technically the athletic director and the president of the university. That That is, you know, the hierarchy. Nick Saban's, quote unquote, probably more powerful than them. But that's still, and it's just, I want to fulfill my obligations and what you need from me. And then I need to step back and I need to let, I need to let coach DeBoer do what he needs to do without my presence here. Not forever and ever, but there needs to be a break. But if he needs me, if he wants to reach out to me, I will answer, I will help, I will guide, I will mentor in any way that he wants. But he, that's to me how you handle it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I, I know I say it because I think it's funny. You know, you can't get a little bit pregnant. And it's like Coach Saban can't be kind of involved because that's more confusing. And it's, it's kind, nobody's who's, who's in, in charge. Here. Who's in charge. So, and I think the way that, a, the way Saban is, his personality and how he's regimented, and I think the way that he's made this decision to retire, which, again, is a huge shock and surprise. But, I, you know, thinking about it, I think, wow, this is a guy that didn't make it an emotional decision. Yes, I know he said it was right up to the last minute, but, he, you know, he – he very well could have stayed on for two or three more years and been fine, but hey, it's time. Yeah. And, 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 and we are dealing that you and I, it's very personal with our changeover and our job. And that's what our employer has said. I love this just as much as I've always have. And it's the greatest cha- one of, if not the greatest chapters of my life, but it's time. Yeah. There, like you can't describe that, but that that's what it, you just, you get it. And I look at that very similarly with Saban leaving. So I think that's what, that's the way I would handle it. And I think that is the way Saban is. I am here because a, I've done a lot for this university, but the university's done a lot for me. When I asked them to step it up, raise the money, the, the, you know, building stuff, he got these con massive contracts on and on and on he was absolutely worth every single penny of it but still because i don't i would not want to leave and we would never hear from it from the president or the athletic athletic director but you wouldn't want them to think wow you know he just kind of left in the middle of the night and boy we could have used him we could have used his counsel it's hey what do you need from me and and even telling Coach DeBoer, I'm here for you, but this is your program now. Yeah. There's two giant statues up there out there of me and 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 Bear Bryant. You you know the pressure you yeah. have. Yeah. Okay. When those so statues I don't need, are there, I don't I'm need, still here. Exactly. I don't need to be here. That's not a um not in a ego way, but that's just the reality of what I've done. I, I know I understand. I kind of, I understand what my imprint on this place. So I'm here for you, but 
you need to have your total freedom to run this building the way you need to do it. But just know I'm here for you because I want you to be successful. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. I kind of jokingly in my head, I wonder, you know, this isn't true, but I think we're like 10 days removed from his like announcement of retirement. And, you know, he's got the place down in Jupiter. And just funnily in my mind, I think, all right, Nick's like, all right, I'm shutting everything out. I'll be back in a couple weeks. I'll check in with y'all guys, make sure everything's okay. What can happen in a couple weeks? Goes to Jupiter, turns all social activities off, enjoys his time with Miss Terry, his grandkids, comes back in two weeks, which will be four days from now. And he's like, all right, what are we dealing with? Everybody's left. They're all gone. What's happening? Yeah. You know, that's not what's happening. I I know that. But I, I think about that, like, how crazy that would be if 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 something like that was true, um, but, I, w- I would like you know, to know what I think you used the word fundally. fundally. I think you were combining two words, and I I would kind of like to know. <laughs> I don't even I don't even really I, I guess I didn't even recognize fundally. I guess is what I was going to say. <laughs> fundally, anyway, fundally. Yeah. So sorry. So, anyways, we kind of come off of the recruiting. I know that was a huge, huge kind of talking point on Alabama, but I don't think you can disregard the fact that one of the, if not the best, in most people's eyes, coach, regardless of the team that he coached for, has now hung it up. I think we would be remiss to not at least have a conversation about it for a little while, especially considering it wasn't just a retirement and then everything just kind of went back to normal. It's a retirement and everything has gone nuts. Well, so in in big picture, and it's not any consolation to the to the Alabama you know fan base, but due to this chaos and what happens and what we see in a couple of years, you got to let it breathe. But it could be a catalyst for changes to this this insane calendar that we already have a coach getting fired mid season is one thing, but a coach at the end of the year, regardless whether it's a week, if it's four days or four weeks after the season that says, look, I need to retire or I am retiring. Maybe this helps shape like either uh, rules or something to where, okay, in the wake of a retirement or a firing, instead of it being a feeding frenzy, they're able to kind of, I don't know, uh, is you know I can see it being called it's it's the Alabama rule you know yeah. to where so and so retired and it wasn't chaos we we kind of let we had this period of just let it breathe, let the university hire their coach, let him get his staff in place, salvage the recruiting class, and then it might be, you know, like the portal is closed. I know people are going to say, well, it's not fair to the current players. But who's to say the grass is always greener on the other side? But I'm just saying they're able to section it to where it's not – total pandemonium from I mean because the retirement news was big enough I mean I was walking out of the office it popped up I sent it to you you were driving and I mean it was like I took it it wasn't like I hate using that term 
I made a beeline to the house, turned on this is you know fine ball. Oh, fine ball. Now thank goodness because it was so shocking. Feinbaum did not have fans on. He had the you know he had Chris Lowe on, and he had a bunch of other reporters and people, and asking them questions. It wasn't until the next day, really, and um, he had a he had an Alabama a regular call, and and I just have to say, I think his I, I don't know if his if his name is Legend, but he absolutely said the most redundant and. St- stupidest thing and that's saying a lot that i've heard he's crying of course um and he is basically telling the athletic director at alabama and he and he you know he's teary-eyed and he's you know repeating himself for dramatic effect you know it was was, makes you want to puke listening to him and he said uh uh, what's the athletic director's name at alabama i should know it because i've heard it so many times anyway greg mcgarity no. Anyway, he said his name and he followed up with, you will be judged on your decision. And he said, he repeated it. You will be judged. You will be judged. Greg Burns. Okay. Yeah. Greg Burns, you will be judged on your decision on who he's going to hire. How Feinbaum stays quiet and goes, hey, dummy, they are all judged on their hiring decisions that's the most redundant stupid thing you can say yeah and i know he wouldn't do that to a regular but because i that's what i have very little tolerance for stupid people i I am not smart but i just like that that's so dumb and and you're not uh, (laughs) so on on the first part that you were talking about there um you know, because there's the window of opportunity when a coach is fired or retires or leaves or what have you. You have the that open window. They call it a 30-day period because the, the portal had closed. That was some controversy that had come up that he had decided to, to retire after the portal had closed. And by doing so in class starting period, that's the other part of it that we look at the athletic side. We look at it as it's, it's wide open. You can leave, go whenever you want. But the timing of everything, classes have already started. You know, we're, we're, we're two to three weeks into classes already having started. And when guys are transferring now, they're behind. They have to get to that. When you transfer and you say, hey, I'm leaving the University of Alabama, I'm going to Georgia, you have to go get enrolled, all of this stuff has to happen very quickly, and you have to get to class before you fall behind. That's the side of it that I didn't really think about until a couple of days ago when I was reading into it as well, is the the timing of it was terrible on that part, which, you know, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. But for the players that are, you know, transferring, everybody wants to talk about, oh, they're going here, yada, yada. But we forget that these kids are still in school. Most all of them are still – they still have to deal with the school side of this. And had he done it in March, you know, it's like, okay, well, these kids can't really do anything. They can't really go anywhere. They're finishing this semester. And then over the summer, you know, that change is going to happen. That's why these windows kind of happen. But the timing of it, that's what makes it curious for how many do actually end up going somewhere. Because if you're in the portal, you're still technically enrolled there. Right. But it's like you might be in the portal for a while, but there's that 30-day window that has to close. So you're saying – because I've heard this, and I, I never got clarity on it. So the portal is closed, but 
they make an exemption when a coach leaves, I guess a head leaves, coach. fired, or retired. Yeah. So, so that's so the only team that can have people in this 30-day window is just Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Or, so, or in this case now, Washington is in that same boat. And in the same boat, Arizona is now in the same boat. With, I got you. So yes. all of these yes. teams that these changes are happening – that is an allowed coaching change. Yes, yes, that is an allowed feature that happened I, because I, Alabama. This was a big argument that I've seen on Twitter here lately. Alabama fans, they're so up in arms about it. They said the same thing that you did, which contractual it it it, it mitigates what a player can do if you say, hey, they shouldn't be allowed to go anywhere when a coach leaves, fires, or gets changed. And they put in wording like, if my coach retires, though, all of these players should have to stay here. And you're forcing a player to possibly be in a position they don't want to be in. Correct. And I know it's it's kind of yeah. overlooking it, but it's like if they don't want to be somewhere and you are forcing them to sit there for an entire semester, yeah. school is one thing, but it's like after that you have to abide by what that coach wants because guess what? If you're on scholarship, he can take that from you, and now you have nothing. It, it is. It is very tricky, and the thing about they saying that, you know, people I, – I, you said it and I heard it was, you know, well, Saban waited to announce his retirement after the portal closed. I think is 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 not a legitimate claim. It wasn't – he didn't a he waited he, until they were done playing he's exactly he was going he knows that they're going to they're going to open it back up for him when he so so that was that wasn't a factor it it was you know soul searching of and and, and by the way people are like well you know he was interviewing uh, defensive coordinators and then we had a zoom call with the sec and all the coaches yeah. were on it and so on what else is he supposed to do he's, he's not going to tommy tuberville and just leave them in shambles now he can't help that that's what it turned into but he wanted to at least make sure hey i've got everything basically in place so all we have to do is have a new guy come and, in and, and that it, you it, don't it, know the effect of what's going to happen when you leave until it happens correct and it allowed him to make his his bet in whatever right wrong or indifferent that all it allowed him to make the best decision for he and yep. him for himself but obviously for he and his wife and and family yeah yeah it's time and maybe the zoom call was the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back of all the changes i don't know but what else is you wouldn't want him to kind of go through the motion for Three, four, five days. It doesn't matter. I mean, you don't have you these guys don't have a minute to waste. So it's like, yeah, to me, there is no perfect way to handle it. There's always going to be a fallout. But I think he handled it and he did it in the best possible yeah. way. Pure and simple. Yeah, what do you want him to say before a college football playoff game? Do you want him to say, hey, by the way, I'm retiring at the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, win or lose, by the way, I'm done. Yeah, and your walk entire off. fans, your fans is one thing, but your players are going to be like, you know, they're kind of like, man, this, yeah. coach is, this coach is gone after this, where your focus is now shifting. Correct. And as much as you can say, well, you know, we, we want to focus on this one thing, you can't. There is an elephant in the room, no pun intended for Alabama, but the elephant in the room is that. So he did it the way that you, in my opinion, should. He waited till they got out of it. And they moved on, just like Kirby has said over the years with guys who want to transfer, wait till we get out of the playoffs. I don't want this to be something that's on everybody's mind as I'm leaving going somewhere else. Wait. And yeah. when we get out of it, we get out of it. And 
I think, like you said, ever since this has come out, all Kirby's been doing is flying to high schools and, and recruiting because it was time to start that process to go and recruit these guys just like you do every single year. And if Nick hadn't done that, he would be having to do that right now. Correct. So instead of having to do that now, you know, that time is kind of taken back. So any closing remarks as far as that goes before we kind of move on to the last little part here? That'll no. be that'll no. be fairly quick. So Nick Saban retires. That that ends that. Now we get into the process. Now we're looking at the 2024 season. We've already said the changes that are coming. No longer on CBS. That's going to be a new one to see. Uh, that 3.30 time slot filled by a Big Ten matchup between Iowa and Indiana that scores 17 total points. But um, that's changing. Oklahoma, Texas are coming. Georgia, to me, has – I don't know if they've ranked it yet – has between one and three, like, toughest schedules of the season. Something in 2023 that I think kind of bit them in the bud a little bit is not having the toughest schedule. So when it came to the end of the season – Sadly, Georgia was supposed to play Oklahoma. Had they played Oklahoma and beat them and, you know, Oklahoma beats Texas, I think it's a different conversation, but that got taken away. Well, next year, Georgia has a very tough schedule, and I think Florida and maybe one other team have a tougher schedule than that, but we're going to see with all of this changing of players and transfer and all that, by the time we get to the start of the season, we'll see where that truly lands. But a tough schedule next year, and also, again, the playoffs. Playoffs, all that's changing. And the SEC, that's another thing. You're not – you don't have these two divisions anymore. Right. It's the top two teams. Now, what's going to change in the next couple of years? You know, they've they've tinkered with this idea of four pod systems and then having two and then one. And I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, and I'm not – I don't really care about it until we get to it. Right now, it's structured. Boom. You got 16 teams. Top two will play each other. Right. Even if it's a rematch and something. So, be it. We're going to have – this is the way we're going to do it. So, a lot has changed. A lot is changing as we come up. Uh, to this next season, and I talked about this on the last episode. I'm not going to harp a lot on the team that we have right now just yet because the window will open back up around spring ball and more guys will leave and more guys will come. And I'm not going to really look and say, all right, this is our team until August, you know, because that's the way it is. Usually when you and I do a preseason episode like in July, that's about the time it's like, all right, 98% 98% of this team is the team we're going to have. You might have that 2%, those few guys who decide, eh, not for me right before fall season starts and, and obviously school gets back in session. You'll probably have a couple more guys that leave. But until that time, I'm not really going to harp too much on the team that we're going to have. But we know what's happening is the schedule and what could be to come. Um, excited for that. It's hard to believe that this season's over and we're just kind of in a in a lull for the next yeah uh, that's that's the bad part yeah well i mean i've been a fun year though you know it it has and and you know you talk about all the changes but my mind goes to i mean that there are a lot of changes and then you've got you know you couple that with Saban not being there like that's a big change as well like that's as big as this no divisions and um you want a fun stat real quick? Sure. Because in the schedule, we know that Georgia goes to Tuscaloosa like week two or three. Right. I think it's week three. And they have already opened a line for the games next year in Georgia. Way, way too early for this, but opens as a three-and-a-half point favorite. Right. Uh, well. Again. I agree. It doesn't yeah, matter yeah, yeah. right now at all. People have to say something to get 
to get conversations going like that. But that's going to be a fun game. It is because it's still Alabama yep. and it's still there, and I think it's exciting and um, it, it really is. Next year's is 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 really really big. I I certainly remember uh, when we did the divisional thing. I remember that. Um, and had that the first that first conference game in in uh, in Birmingham. I remember it very well, actually. Uh, and then you know the ushering in of the BCS. Yep. Um, and change then, in twenty twelve or thirteen with, with Missouri the, and well, yeah, that and then uh, the A&M. but then the college playoff uh, system and so things have just you know in the last really thirty years or. You know, it could be thirty-one or two years. Um, more change. Uh, you know, that's a short window for me. But that's that's just a man. There's a lot. There's a lot that has happened, yeah. and 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 uh, I'm excited to see. I'm glad that you. I didn't know that they had talked about these pods, but let's see how the no divisions, no nothing. The top two teams play. I can see where yeah. that can be problematic. Uh, could be in certain situations, but it could also be really darn exciting uh as as well um i look forward you know hugh freeze you know he's got a year under his belt at auburn so now you know he should start hitting the ground really running you know that that to me is exciting what's going to happen in gainesville um i've always liked that guy that's down there i thought he was a great hire i think he's a little you know uh, over his skis, and I think he's making up ground. Is going to be really hard. Um, so I'm, you know, interested to see what happens yeah. down there. Just, just as a pure football fan, not not wanting bad things to happen, but just as a football fan in general, what's going to happen with with Bill uh, Billy Napier? Yeah, Billy Napier. Hey, my th- my thought was, is can he recruit? And then he gets this great recruiting class, and now they're all leaving. Yeah. So yeah. like, I but but I also have, it seems like I heard somebody say that you know he lost a lot but he was able to salvage a, a good class. I'm obviously interested in Sam Pittman. Uh, you know, hopefully he can turn the ship around there. And then um, I'm certainly no fan of his, but what uh, uh, Brian Kelly because he you know he has a I think he got rid of just about every defensive coach except one or two um and I wondered because I Georgia had a coach that was a secondary coach that left and went to LSU I wonder if he's one of the guys hopefully that was retained I would think considering last year was his first year with them um but anyway and and I'm also excited for Georgia with the two addition I mean with that Robinson coach, you called him T Rob, yeah. and then that you know, let's not gloss over the coach that they've gotten from USC. Oh yeah, yeah. Was two, it is another it, two? Is it really Don, good Dante players. Williams is his name, or uh, I can't remember how you say his. Last anyway, name. but both of those guys, heavy heavy hitters in the yeah. recruiting department, and it goes with a Saban did it. Every coach knows it. I mean, who are we kidding? Certainly, Saban was, you know, Saban was really early on of like the, you know, the game is won in the trenches. And then, but on his staff, he always had these guys um, that were, that were either proved, they were all proven recruiters. 
and they could bring they could bring the talent. And so Kirby has certainly put a premium on that with his coaching staff. And um, so that's always that that's that's always kind of fun. Not that you can always see the difference with these with a with the secondary coaches, but yeah. it's still fun. Yeah. Uh, those are just a few of the things that off the top of my head. And I I guess I would be remiss to say that uh, Missouri this season was um, you know I I'm pretty harsh. You know, it, you've asked the question, who would I who would I get rid of in the SEC? And I've always said, oh, I get rid of Missouri and A and M. Um, you know, that's not necessarily nice nor fair, but I do like their coach. He's got a personality and, but, but they had a great year. Um, I did not think they were, I thought they would take a little step down and they did not. And I, I don't, I didn't care for their quarterback. I thought he was a little bit, a little arrogant, a little more arrogant than he really should have been. But that that running back, that Schrader kid yeah. that came from a Division two or three school, he he wasn't just good at Missouri. He was he was a good running back. Yeah, very good. And that's a cool story. I like that kind of stuff. I think that's I think that's fun. He gave us fits. Oh yeah. Um, Schrader. He was and I was. Good. I think he. I think he ended up leading the SEC in the end and running back. And I also look. I didn't think they could, but um, with the way bowl games are, but the fact that they beat Ohio State, yes, I, I'm, awesome. I'm always <laughs> going to be happy of that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it too. A lot of the players that we we have retained so far, there's a lot of guys that are coming back. We lost a lot. We've lost some big names. You know, Lad Brock, obviously. Um, I think the biggest question for me, and this is, again, way too early, but I'm going to say it now so that way when the time comes, if it's a question that's still in hand, I can say, I caught it, dude, yet again, just to have that and bring it back. But I think our offensive line is going to be the question next year, starting next year. And we'll see. We'll see how much changes because there's a lot of turnover that's happening there. Um, But luckily in the coaching side, not as much. You know, years ago it was Sam Pittman that we had, and it's Matt Luke, and, and obviously they've both gone away. And I, you you have noticed the change over the years. In the years where we had, like, Sam Pittman, you had really big guys but not as moved. They couldn't move as well. And then we get to Matt Luke, and they could move a little bigger, still still big. And then I don't even know who the O-line coach is now. No, it's Stacey Searles. That's right, that's right. And he pl- didn't he play at Georgia as well? Uh-huh. So um, He played at Georgia or Auburn. Anyway, he's well, got he had, history. He he's been, co- he's, yes. Yeah, he had coached with Georgia in the yeah. past. And and you, you kind of get to see that shift. And, and this year with injuries and stuff, we've had guys who have had to move around, and he's made that work really well. So don't have any doubt that, that he'll make it work when the time comes. But, like, looking way ahead, that's probably the biggest change that we have because defensively you've lost guys, but you've got a lot of guys. You know Kirby. He's putting 67 guys on defense that play all year long. Um, but then – offensively quarterbacks same running backs you know we're not going to have just like when we lost Holyfield and we lost uh Zamir and James Cook you had the turnover but then you had Kenny McIntosh and and uh who was our secondary uh Dejon Edwards this year yeah so you had these guys that came behind them that came in and were successful so I don't doubt that's going to change wideouts was already deep last year um and hopefully this year they'll be more developed and even better which is good, but the offensive line is what changes so much. There's only one 
with except like Tate Ratledge, I know is coming back. You have Dylan Fairchild who played a good bit last year, but then you have a good bit of turnover in the other three guys, guys who have not played nearly as much as those two guys have this season. So that'll be a big change coming this year. How well can they protect, you know, all of that, but that's looking way down the line, but that's what we have coming up for the 2024 season, which is a long ways away. I usually do like, I'll do one bonus episode, right there at G-Day, just to kind of say, oh, this is what we saw. But then you and I, once we get to July, we'll kind of kick things off on season five with uh, with previewing. Yeah. Previewing what we've got coming up because we'll know a little bit more about the guys that we know we have and what we're kind of looking forward to. That's when we kind of get to predict some stuff. Well, I speaking of players real quickly, because I thought of this earlier um, as in – towards the end of the season and I thought, oh, that's a little thing I was going to, you know, for us to talk about. And again, this is a guy that you don't know, but uh, currently that, that, that uh, linebacker, CJ Allen. Yes. Holy cow. But I watch watching him. They, they didn't, they were on the same side of the ball. He's an, I guess he's listed as an inside or middle linebacker, but he is the closest thing in in, in his build, he might be a smidge bigger, but he's so fast, he brings it. But he's the closest thing I can remember of 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 being like Randall Godfrey when he played it. Randall, I think, was technically an outside linebacker. But their build and their speed and the way they get after it, I've never seen a guy that for me, you know, it it hit me. I said, wow, that's the closest thing to Randall Godfrey I've seen at in Athens since Randall Godfrey is C.J. Allen. And I, every time when they would, you know, talk about him, I thought, I hope one day uh, I was, you know, I just said it. Um, I got to meet Randall uh, years ago. Um, he was here right up the road fishing. I got to meet him through, <laughs> through uh, Coach Orgel. Big, big fisherman. But, um I hope that that I they'll that somebody might make that comparison. Um, yes, he he was he was uh, extremely talented, very a very good player, and he played for a long time yeah. in the pros as well. But anyway, uh, when I saw C.J. Allen play, and we talked about when Dumas Johnson went out and C.J. Allen went in, and it was like holy cow! And now you see why. You know, you hate to say it, but I mean, you you can oh, understand yeah. why Dumas Johnson was like, okay, I've got my, you know, my nickname of Pops and this and that, but and he had to, and he transferred. Yeah. And it's like that's saying something from a kid that's, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. He's an upperclassman, and C.J. Allen was a true freshman. That was something we talked a little bit last last episode about was. See, I don't have the I don't have the history like you do, and knowing these guys from from back when. So the most relevant and the like most memorable guy to me was Roquan, and how yeah. fast he was. Very rarely was Roquan behind a play trying to catch up. Correct. Very very rarely, and especially like that Oklahoma game. My goodness, like every tackle that was made, Roquan was in the middle of it somewhere. Yeah, and. He's continued that same thing at the Bears, and I don't know if he's still with the Bears or not, uh, or, or, no, or where he's, he's with going. the Ravens. That's the hard part about the NFL. I can't keep up with all of them. But anyways, um, when Pop was there, 
and hearing that he was transferring, it was like, man, that's kind of wild because he's been a part of these back-to-back national championships. Right. He, he's a veteran guy, and when veteran guys leave, it's like, man, what's going on? But then you look at the film and you see You're like, how ah. C.J. Allen, how fast that dude is. It's yeah. like, I, I think Pop that. also probably looked, and he, I said this last time, but he probably looked and he, not that you're reading the writing on the wall, but you are, but you're like, man, you know, I've done a lot here. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty good, pretty good player. I could do more here, but that guy's got – he's got something. Yeah. And I'm glad I was here to kind of help with that, but I think I'm going to go see if I can help another team. Kentucky yeah. Kentucky might be a pretty good team next year yeah. too, but, uh, yeah, that dude is – Yeah, saying, saying C.J. Allen and Roquan, I get I get that as well. I, I, I get I get, I get nostalgia. Oh, yeah. I get that nostalgia, and I, I, went, I, went, I went Randall. And, yeah, listen, somebody could listen to this and go, that's the stupidest comparison. Well – it works. It works between my oh, yeah. ears, and I I like thinking about those guys back in the in the day. And well, in in twenty years, I'll do the same thing. I'll be like, oh yeah, you you guys oh, remember Roquan? Was, yeah, <laughs> you guys remember Roquan Smith? Y'all know about that man. <laughs> um, but that's that's my recency, and and also in the time that I guess that was right before I really started this. But that's when you know you really start focusing in as when a team is is at the top and that's where they are cuz it's really hard to focus in when you're going 6 and 4 or you know 6 and 6 whatever it is um that's where it's a little bit tougher and I hope I don't think we do but I hope we don't have that anytime soon but one of the other fun things that could be coming next year is if Caleb Downs does come to Georgia which everything is pointing that direction but I'm again I will not be sold on it until it happens but if he does you have Caleb Downs, one of the best safeties that you can have with Malachi Starks in the backfield. Right. You don't get beat deep with those two. Well, dudes. that's true. But also, if he does come, then I then I can't, you know, if he comes, then what is the domino effect? Is there, you know, they flipped K.J. Bolden, who, who's a five-star, you know, and I think that's the position he plays. Who are some – I think I think the the domino effect that you'll see because Starks will be gone next year, after the end of this season he'll be gone. Yeah. Caleb Downs will still have another year, and then KJ gets to come right in well, after that. But I think the domino effect doesn't happen with who you have; it happens who you get coming in. That's where I think it starts to change. So not necessarily a KJ Bolden, but the guy twenty twenty five class. Oh, I see. He may look see. at Georgia and go, "I don't have a chance in playing here for the next two years." Right. And I don't want to sit here for two years. I'll go somewhere else. I don't think that'll be a domino effect of who's on the team as opposed to who might want to be on I the gotcha. team. I got you. Okay. That's, That's that the good sense. thing about that. If it happens, like yeah. I said, I see it. I know it's crystal balled, but, I mean, that dude was crystal balled 100% to USC, came to Georgia for 16 hours, went right back to USC. Right. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Well. well, we'll see what happens when time comes. I've also seen – the other person that's at or the team that's at play is Ohio State for him, and that's another one where I'm just like, I just can't stand them. You know, that I oh, hope is the oh, new Caleb Downs. Yeah, going there. Gotcha. That, that's that's who I hope gets to become the new team where we go. I just despise them, and it won't be a coaching whoa, whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa. Ohio who, State. They're already. Oh, I they're know. Already they're already there. They're already buddy. there. But, okay, I was but gonna say there has not been one above them, like Alabama. No team has been above despising more than that. Oh, if you if you know what I mean, because it might become where they kind of come down to earth, and Ohio State's like, yeah, I still just want to beat y'all. I'd want to beat them regardless. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't. But anyway, so the twenty twenty four season, uh, 
is the the concluded. year the year is here. The twenty three season is is done. Yep. And uh, and we'll we'll have to come back to this thing when the time comes. I know. Four seasons down, it's, man. It seems it seems like it, yeah, it's so long, so far away. Well, ser- in all seriousness, you know, I I did not think about it while we were at work or doing what have you, but. Uh, congratulations on your fourth season. I realize that you do this on your own, so you can do it however long you want to. Yeah. But the pride that you take in the in in the podcast and your upgrades and your equipment that you all do. I mean, you don't have any you know quote unquote paying sponsors. Yeah. You just do it because you love it, and I hope that the people that listen to it enjoy, enjoy it as much as you enjoy doing it. For yourself, but for them as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I usually about that that three quarter of the way through the season, you have those days where it's like, whew, you know, you just kind of get yeah. a little bit fatigued Fair of enough. stuff. But yeah. nonetheless, I still come back to it every time. And in when like when you get started with something, it's like, psh, yeah, I still loved it. And I, and I and I appreciate you letting me do it with you a couple of times a year because it is fun. And there's times where I've caught myself like, I ought to save that tidbit for yep, when we do yep. a podcast. And then it might be weeks or months later, and then I, for, I have forgotten it. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. We'll start talking about something, and it's like, oh, we need we need we need to do a podcast, right? Well, and I try not to bug you too much with it, but I know we talk a lot about it. Well, you're um, not just in the day ever. In so, the day-to-day, I mean, so also shout out to you. You want to give a shout out to your buddies one one more time before we wrap yeah, this thing up? Yeah, Kyle, take it easy. Take a breath. <laughs> go for a walk, a swim, a hike, a bicycle ride. I don't know what. And CJ, I know he's. I know he has enjoyed this. Yeah, and it, as he should. I know that. Um, some of the probably some of the negativity out there probably takes a it doesn't take away from it but it's uh, yeah. you know but you know what you won and it's a great feeling and anybody who's been there knows knows what it's like so That's congratulations right. and i tell you he is so daggum funny and i mean when he gets out of his car he he has so much Michigan stuff, <laughs> but it's because as a student, he's like, you know, I just had it, you yeah. know, and, and it's funny. If you're an alumnus, it, you can. It, it, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, the fact that he's from Michigan, went to Michigan, but he's living in Georgia, that if you didn't know him, you'd be like, look at this guy. He is yeah. such a bandwagon fan. He, you know, he's overdoing it. The hat, the shirt this to that you know i'd probably still say it myself (laughs) (laughs) but um anybody that has seen pulp fiction at the end the final scene of the movie you got the great jules winfield uh the character jules winfield and he has a wallet uh that uh the people that are robbing the patrons of a restaurant and he has he says go get my wallet he tells them well, I got a bag full of wallets. Which one is it? And he tells him which one it is. And if you know the movie, you know the reference. And I can't say it on your podcast, but CJ has that wallet. <laughs> and when he took it out, just for some reason while we were uh, away fishing, and I laughed so hard. And not only that, but it actually has a ID card for Jules Winfield. Really? CJ does not favor Jules Winfield. Um, except for facial hair, but, um, it was very funny. Yeah. It was very funny. And, uh, 
but hopefully CJ will hear it and he will laugh at the reminiscing of his wallet. So anyway, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give one last shout out to uh, to my buddy Tyler who he listens pretty pretty regularly through the season. He's he's texted me all this year. It's been kind of fun. He'll he'll text me. Oh, well, what do you think about this? You know. Oh well, how about this? Oh man, I was listening to you know, kind of like your your buddies do. They'll they'll text you about the podcast and stuff occasionally. When are you gonna be back on so I can listen again? Um, so I want to shout out to him, and then finally I'll shout out to you. I appreciate you doing this. Like I said, I know you enjoy it, but still, it's time out of your day that you don't have to give, and uh, I appreciate you uh, oh. coming and coming and doing it because it's a lot easier. That's the reason these things are almost three hours long. Is when you Good uh, grief is when you have somebody to talk about because this is one. I have structure to things like what we're going to talk about, but it's a simple, hey, 23 regular season, SEC right. championship, college football playoff. That's all I have to put because we're going to go down a wormhole, a rabbit hole, and and talk about it for however long. And the good thing about me doing it myself and not having anybody to answer to it, I can do it however I want. Right. So we do it. We just talk, and this thing will be broken up into a couple of pieces to make it. Well, I admitted earlier, I I take full responsibility. I am the problem. No, you're good. It's it's not a problem at all. Um, I know some people look at it and be like, "What is this guy? I think he's Joe Rogan or something." When you put one up, that's that's huge like that. So we'll we'll break it down a little bit. But I appreciate it again. Oh, you're welcome. um, Thank you. Coming on and and look forward to the next time because the next time will be. previewing the 24 by, season by the way real quickly is tyler where's tyler from does he's, he he's here he's from pelham oh okay so it's, so yeah, it's kind of like fine bob he's like you know tyler from pelham yeah kind of close by I, that's another thing that i'm gonna attempt to do next year so we're supposed to be getting better internet in i believe next year or the end basically my hope is by the time we get to previewing next season or at least by the start of next season my hope is that I'll be able to do some things live, like instead oh, of yeah. instead of post because I have we have terrible internet out uh, here. I've I've yeah. complained about it enough on this show, but good internet is on the way, and I think I'm gonna have like a live call in show. So it's like while I'm recording, if you want to call in, there'll be a time where it's like, hey, from eight p.m. to nine p.m. If you want to call, call, boom, we'll answer the call. We'll talk for a minute wow, what you got to, and then off. That's something that I've been kind of tinkering with and looking and researching and stuff, and I think that we're going to do. Good. Hopefully, hopefully season five, that's what's coming. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have done it this season, but, again, you got to have good internet yeah. to be able to, to to be able to kind of keep it alive. Yeah. And it's just easier, uh, just easier not to. Because a lot of people, when you go live, they also want to hear it. Like, they want to yes. be watching it or what have you. And not many people want to just call and be like, I guess I'm on there, you know. <laughs> so, well, that's something that, that I'm going to try to look that, forward that, to. I think that's cool. Five. Well, I will close with um, I, I took a shot at Roman Harper telling people that Alabama won national championships, and I'm sure Pat McAfee is somewhere stripping his clothes off. That, you think the jersey's <laughs> still hanging up behind him that Saban gave him? Oh, that's going in a shadow box with, like, <laughs> as bright lights as it could possibly I get. I get this from Nick in his final year. Oh, that's God. what I think he might end up doing. I think he's going to be like – you know, he. the more and more – that was another reason. The more and more you start seeing him, like, why is he at the national championship game giving – like, being an analyst for him or being just a, a, a talk show host on it? Like, it's happened more and more over the past couple of years. And I get it. He's the best coach there ever is. But it's like, if I'm not in it, I don't, I don't want to be at it. Yeah. Well. You know? But I, I could see him not necessarily – you've said this, not filling the role of, like, Pat McAfee if he wasn't on there next year – because I don't think he wants to travel like that where no, you're going every week. No but way. 
I could definitely see him filling in in a few spots. I, th- I think it would be very specific. Hey, will you come for the you know a conference championship yeah. game? And I think he'll, they'll probably let it breathe. Yeah, you yeah. know, give him a couple of years, you know, or two years the second year out, and then or possibly a, a national championship game or so, something like that. That. Yeah, why would you want to travel and, oh, yeah. and live like that? Enjoy yourself. I, I can hear it now. Week three, college game day, guest picker, Alabama versus Georgia, Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, they they probably uh, – well. It, yeah, might, it might be too soon. It might I, be too soon. Anyway. Because you, you know how they bring the head coaches on and talk for like a minute or Correct, two anyways. Yeah. I don't know that you want the previous there before. You know. Oh, we also opened the season against Clemson. We play Clemson, I think, five out of the next ten years. Good. So, that'll be kind of fun to get that rivalry built yeah. back up, especially before they join the SEC in the number of years to come. Because <laughs> that time's coming. Because you've called it. <laughs> called it, dude. Anyways, all right, so we're going to wrap this episode up. Again, I appreciate you guys listening and being here for the show. Again, shout out to Hunter and all the guys for listening and coming on and everything. And uh, that's wrapping up season four of Dog Talk. So, I'll be sure to check in with you guys. Like I said, probably bonus episode around the spring game. But other than that, we're going to check out of here. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at Dog Talk 20. I'll check in with you guys later. Good dogs. <laughs>